Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Garskadin coming to you live from North Carolina, and hopefully you all had a great, great and restful weekend. We're back this week on our regular schedule, noon prayers and everything. And again, we want to remind everyone who's watching live and via replay uh, about our unfortunate ban from YouTube heading um, into the midterms because it's what it's really about since we pray about this nation and the government and, and things going on in this country. We've tended to be censored along with Dutch, unfortunately, and there's actually a video of Dutch's that um, got banned and removed from YouTube and got us the extra strike. So uh, just to remind everyone of our different channels that we have, uh, obviously here on Facebook, on both our um, church page and the Pipeline page. We also have a Pipeline Intercession for the President page on YouTube that we'll start making things available. We've been keeping it um, private for now, just kind of have it as a backup. But since they've knocked us down there, that'll be our backup there. And then obviously uh, Rumble, uh, Christian Report page there that everything goes live to as well. And then also on our app and our website. So we have those avenues there. And and this is why we have all these avenues is because we foresaw and took the warnings a year, two years ago that this this day could possibly come of censoring on YouTube and on Facebook. Surprisingly, again, Facebook hasn't really done much. Um, they just try to mute your, your videos, but you just challenge it and they put it back up. YouTube's the one being more proactive and going after and taking down people's channels, which is uh, quite interesting, um, here in America. So with that, we want to dive into the word starting off and really look and answer at the question, uh, uh, and really understanding authority and the power of the word and the passage of scripture we want to focus on today is found in Matthew 8, and we just want to look at um, five verses in Matthew 8, 5 through 10, and it really brings home the point of this interaction uh, with the centurion and Jesus, and we start in verse 5, and it says, and when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Think about people in today's society and in the days ahead. If if all the prophetic words that are coming come true, is this could possibly be happening to people and is already happening with the rise of um, drug usage and et cetera, things going on, crime, et cetera. There's an opportunity here for us believers here today. And, and going back to scripture here, uh, verse 7, And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. So Jesus is like, okay, you want him healed? He's tormented. I can heal him. Let's go. 
But the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me, and I say to the one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following him, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. And then he goes on to heal him, say he was healed, etc. But we go back to verse 8, where the centurion, because... He understands the reality and the, I'm trying to think of the word, um, it's uh, the, the, the process of authority, the, the reality, because he understands true authority, he understands that all Jesus has to do and he understands the power of the word is just speak it and his word will be and his his servant who is paralyzed and tor- fearfully tormented will be healed and, and it's such a, a great faith but then also is when we go back to verse 8 it says but the centurion said lord i am not worthy showing he's humble but then also he has faith and this goes back to the the phrase um, that said, you know, peace is a pot on soil of revelation. It's because the centurion had peace, even though, you know, he had authority and he had people under him and, and obviously responsibilities he had to take care of. Because he had this peace and humility, he was able to understand the faith that was needed to resolve the situation. And understanding that Jesus was the one who had the authority to heal the sick and raise the dead, and what great faith he had there. And the purpose for looking at this is to look at our life. And Chuck points it out here. He says, make a list of um, of the authorities that you are aligned with in your life and ultimately to get properly aligned. And so that when we are properly aligned, the word of God has great power to overthrow our enemies. And so we see here that, and the focus we want to look at today is when we're in that alignment with the Lord in our individual lives, in our family lives, in our, in our own households, our cities, our states, our nation, when we get back in that alignment with the Lord, then we can carry out the purposes that God has for us and ultimately as our journey here in this prayer journey of dethroning the throne of iniquities in order to dethrone the throne of iniquities in the places of authority that God has placed us. So it's just a a good reminder of this season of what's coming ahead of us before these midterms of the importance of this season, not just in the natural, but also in the spirit as we're dealing with a lot of things going on in the spiritual realm uh, around um, Halloween. And uh, who's it? John Ramirez, the former Satanist who's now a pastor, talks about how he said October is one of the most increased times of demonic spiritual activity because the witches understand that Christians alike just give in to a lot of things, but then ultimately just get lackadaisical. Life gets caught up with them. It's the end of the year. You're getting close up to, to the holidays. Things are getting ramped up. And, and it's also a time to, you know, take 
that time to spend time with the Lord to get in that proper alignment with Him um, coming into this new season. Okay. With that, we want to go ahead and dive into the news and some a few things to pay attention to. Obviously, we're getting closer to the midterms, 28 days away. Uh, we'll start paying closer attention to some things, but today we want to focus on uh, some things that happened over this weekend that are very telling of what's to come. And in this book, The Future War of the Church, Chuck, Chuck talks about in the 1980s, he had a prophetic word of, of 2026. Um, he was warned that there would be a possibility of China being the new world power. Well, the president, if you leader of China, Xi Jinping, came out this weekend and spoke about several things which is very um, telling of what's to come out of China and something world leaders and something our president should be paying attention to and his cabinet as well. Let me blow this up here a little bit in talking about what's to come in his next term of being the leader of China. He points out several things of what's to come. He went back and obviously talked about COVID and the response to it and vows to, vowed to defeat it, uh, talk about defeating Hong Kong's democracy aspirations, and then also signaled a pending move on Taiwan. Um, which is quite interesting. And some of the things he said in there were very alarming. And so he talked about, you know, wanting to reunite. Uh, he called it this. He said, the wheels of history are rolling on towards China's reunification and the rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. He said, complete reunification of our country must be realized, while also at the same time, not Putting off the table, he says, we will never promise to renounce the use of force and we reserve the option of taking all measures necessary. Obviously, if you understand this situation, you realize what this could possibly mean. The question is, what will our administration, this, this nation do if something were to happen? President Joe Biden has said that the U.S. would intervene. What does that fully mean? You also have Vladimir Putin in China, possibly, most likely. It's not 100% confirmed, but it's most likely that they've made some deal to back each other if something were to happen. So something to watch there. And then you also have um, what Z referred to as the rapid changes in the international situation of the relationship between East and West, United States versus Russia, Europe versus Russia, China, those whole dynamics that are going on there evolving from the fallout of the war with Ukraine and Russia. So we see these things popping off. Um, the, the, the aspect and the comments made of not ruling out the right to use um, force if necessary is very alarming. And talking about the reunification of China must be complete is quite alarming and something we need to pay attention to and, and pray for this administration, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, and those within the military to have the fear and wisdom of the Lord in these situations. We're seeing things pop off with North Korea, Iran, 
and obviously Russia, um, and they're growing ties now to really build their own economy outside of the involvement of the United States and Europe and the West. So some things to pay attention to in the days ahead, pray for wisdom for our leaders and for voters as well coming into the midterms. Okay, with that, a few things happened this weekend, uh, more so yesterday in some talk shows. And just want to kind of give some some time on this because I think it's very interesting to see where these leaders who supposedly have all the answers suppose all of a sudden just have no answers whatsoever. So first I want to start with uh, Mayor Pete, who when asked the questions on dealing with this recession really just falls apart and walks away from the question, which is very, very alarming. Um, the question that was was put towards him is, you know, what is the response for the economic recession that be, that we're in? And he goes on to say, he says, look, it's possibly, um, but not inevitable, uh, part of why we do see a lot of pressure on prices and the demand has come back. Americans have more income because Americans have jobs in this most historically low level of unemployment, and it's hard uh, for the supply side to keep up. So basically just a non-answer to the question uh, involving of what's going on with the economy um, and a lot of the proposals and things that he's advocated for have caused some problems. And so, again, just... A non-answer to you know someone who supposedly has all the answers and knows which way to go. Then you see Bernie Sanders come out and say that the Fed is the one hurting the economy. Uh, he also goes on to talk about, he says, inflation globally is caused by the pandemic. Obviously, um, democratic talking lines and the break in supply chains. He, he says it's caused by, in my view, the war in Ukraine. Obviously, it is also caused by incredible corporate greed. Surprise, surprise. And I hope everybody understands that when you go to the gas pump, you fill up your car today, the oil companies are making huge profits. The food companies are making huge profits. Pharmaceutical industry is making huge profits. We've got to deal with that issue. And I give a heavy sigh of, of disgust because in all of this complaining and in all of the finger pointing is there's no finger pointing on any actions taken from the government and the fact that that stimulus packages pushed by Bernie Sanders and the likes are completely ignored. Now, you have some situations playing out in America of the realities of unintended consequences of previous administrations and this current administration of some economic policies that they've made that the Fed has made and pushed for. So with what going back to what Pete Buttigieg said of talking about how you know America is at this historically low level of unemployment, which is not necessarily a good thing, he says it's been a it's been hard for the supply side to keep up. Part of that is is because you put money into the pocket of Americans when they weren't working, and they weren't. Put in a position to realize, oh, the economy isn't really as good as we think it is. When literally nothing was going on, no production was being done, hardly, during COVID, you had people still having money being sent to their pockets. And in some areas, because that money hasn't run out, 
Money's still going to people's pockets because of the money that's still left over because the governments gave out huge amounts of stimulus to unemployment. Then you see Bernie Sanders blame the Fed for everything that's gone on. And the reality is, is, and this is the reason I want to bring this up is because we have warnings on going down the road that Bernie Sanders wants, wants us to go down. And then we also have Chris Reed's dream of Americans clamoring for more government handouts. Now, it's a warning to not be so dependent upon the government, number one. But then number two is what we're seeing in today, the economy and where Americans are at. I want to show this little chart here from the Federal Reserve. That shows uh, credit card usage from Americans over the past several decades and I'm going to try to blow it up as big as I possibly can here and maybe we can see it okay so it starts in 1970s and goes till about today and we're seeing now that what we're showing here is the use of credit card debt by consumers so this isn't the federal government. You know, we want to sit here and say, how dare the government uh, spend so much money, you know, 30-something trillion dollars. But, but we also have to look at ourselves individually and say, okay, well, are we doing everything correctly? Is the government the only problem or why, might we be possibly part of the problem as well? And you're seeing this over here to the far right, if you can see my cursor, this blue line. It went down during COVID because people started to pay off debts. Then they got stimulus pack, and because they got stimulus packages, so they had money, so they weren't using credit cards. But they were also at a high level before that. Now they're going back towards using credit cards again because the stimulus money has has gone away. You have inflation, and you didn't have a curbing of your of bad spending habits before, when you thought you were wealthy. Revelations talks about, but really you were wretched and poor quite interesting to see scripture play out then we see this this quote um, from a Yahoo money article says to set the scene consider this credit card balances increased 46 billion dollars in the second quarter of this year and according to an August report by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York a 5.5 increase from the first quarter so huge amount of credit card debt by consumers while balances be remain below pre-pandemic levels, the 13 year-over-year -year in the 13% year-over-year -year increase marked the largest annual gain in more than 20 years. Meaning, and part of this is because coming out of the this number's so high because coming out of the pandemic, people weren't necessarily using credit cards. They were using the stimulus money because they had it. That money's gone. They bought it on furniture, cars. Some people houses, um, Gucci bags. If you work for the government, <laughs> uh, I mean, this is just this type of stuff. The reason I want to point this out is because these are things to be fully aware of. And I know you guys have been paying attention to us. We've had the prophetic word: cash is king. Get out of debt in these situations. But in reality, is not every American is taking this to heart. Not every American is realizing the situation we're in. And it's something that they should. And leading into the midterms 
and talking about, you know, we're oh, 22 days away, excuse me. There's a lot of things that are happening now with the campaigns that are distractions and trying to hot topic and avoid certain issues. In New York, we're seeing this. And the reason I want to point New York out is because New York is, is a temperature gauge like California can be, is that now the New York governor's race is considered a toss-up, where before you had then our interim uh, Governor Kathy Hochul up 24, as many as 24 points, according to certain polls, and is now neck and neck. 24 points is a huge difference. And because of every the crime, inflation, everything that's going on in New York, it shrunk. That lead has shrunk. So if you want to talk about a red wave, that's the red wave. But will the red wave be, you know, Republicans winning by 24 points? Not necessarily. It's going to be neck and neck. It's going to be closer than people think. It's going to be between 3 and 6%. That's that's the range it'll be. And as we see campaign season heat up, uh, here in North Carolina, I have, with living in Louisiana, where politics can be heavy, being in South Florida for the past several election cycles, I've never seen it this inundated with political advertisements, political signs. Uh, I, I, For me, in my lifetime, in my short, short experience with elections, it's very, very, very heated here and around the capital of North Carolina, which can be that, being that you're around, I'm, I'm guessing because I'm around uh, the state capital here in North Carolina. So we're seeing things heat up, and it's it's interesting to see what's happening is you're seeing now president former president obama and current president biden will now hit the campaign trail over later this week and going into next week leading up to the midterms so that's going to be the focus not on china not on iran not on russia not on you know things that are happening with the economy it's it's we're going to campaign and obviously it's campaign season republicans are doing the same thing that's just where things are at but you're seeing this, and this is happening all across the country, but this is one giant example, is like in the case in Wisconsin's Senate race, you're seeing Democrats focus on one singular issue, like um, Wisconsin Democratic Senator candidate Mandela Barnes, which is abortion. That's it. In North Carolina, every Democrat is abortion, 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 abortion. And Republicans are saying... Not only do we want life, we want to talk about schools, we want to talk about crime, we want to talk about inflation, we want to talk about, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. But Democrats are focusing on abortion. And even Barnes in this article, somebody came up to him and asked him a question of, what about inflation? What about the economy? Are we headed towards an inflation or a recession? And there's none of that being talked about. It's just solely focused on abortion. And even in the New York case, it's co- it's coming down to crime and what's happening and what the states decide to do with it. Uh, Lee Zeldin said, day one, I'm going to um, institute a state of emergency for the, the crime rates here in, in New York and deal with these mayors, especially Mayor Adams in New York City, who are not doing anything about it, even though he campaigned about doing something about it. 
And the soul focus is about um, circumventing and, and trying to get back to establishing an abortion ban, which is why Lindsey Graham's bill, bringing it up, is a good idea to talk about. What do Democrats want? What do they really want? Okay, you have those on the right who say, well, it needs to be a state's issue. But what about what the Democrat, the left wants? You've, ta- you've overturned Roe v. Wade, but what are they focusing on? You, you can't just sit here and, and stay silent and do nothing. Ask questions. What what do you want it rare, legal, and safe? Because we know that's that was a lie from the past 20 years. Do Is it nine months? At what point is it? Is it when you hear a heartbeat? Is a heartbeat real? Is it not? Is it made up with what Stacey Abrams is saying? And, and the reason I want to bring all these points up is because with these debates and everything that are going to be happening over the next several weeks, and four of them tonight... Is Cecilie's point put it put it best? He talked about how Americans themselves are fed up with the left, and they want to um, checks and balances on the far left agenda. But then we go to also what uh, Rick Joyner's been talking about about how okay, yes, Americans want these things; they want checks and balances on the left, but it's not necessarily they're running. Uh, to the open arms of Republicans because they're tired of the stuff that's going on with Republicans as well. So even with what he's saying of, you know, Americans want checks and balances on the far left. Yeah, they want checks and balances on the far right for not doing anything. And the reason I want to point this up is because we we want to continue to pray not only for the elected officials, those who are running, to have the fear of the Lord, but also for the voters. Because going back to the economic issue and the credit card issue of the rising rates of credit cards being used. And look, I understand why certain people do, but in some instances with seeing it in South Florida is a lot of people use these credit cards just to live up to a lifestyle to keep up with the Joneses. And Dave Ramsey has a best quote. He says, why do you care about driving a car to impress somebody at a red light when you don't even know them and you'll never speak to them ever in your life. And the point is, is is like we're trying to make ourselves feel better and look better and stroke our own egos. But in reality, is is like the the centurion, is be humble and have the faith and speak to the Lord to get him to speak the word, to deal with our issues of paralyzation and trauma that people may be in. And, and when Americans are focused on themselves and spending, 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 and not being a light to those around them, especially as believers, is we have to ask ourselves, is okay, are we falling into this category of being poor and wretched and not staying humble and faithful with what the Lord is calling us to do, to walk out with the authority that he has given us in this season and in this day ahead? So I propose that question to us is where do we fall on this is it a season of repentance and and in this season of increased spiritual activity around halloween and (laughs) combining that with the increased natural and spiritual activity and battles around the coming midterms is the stress and torment and whatever the case may be with the increased rises of uh Fentanyl, and, and now you're seeing the possibility of a shortage of Adderall, which we talked about last week. 
causing more stress and torment to people who need the Holy Spirit to be able to guide them through this season. And that's what we want to continue to pray for, not only for ourselves individually, but for those around us and for this nation in the office of the president. So blessings. Don't forget we are back this week with our noon prayer. So be sure to join back in with us. We'll we'll post um, some announcements on that. And we'll be on all the channels that are allowing us to be on. So blessings and I'll see you guys later. Have a good one.